Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another great episode of Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I am the hostess with the mostess. <laughs> I am Charlie Sabrina Miller. And now let's listen to that band play us out. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. Give them a round of applause. Yeah, that is La Bamba and the Cilantros. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I don't know where they come from. They just come from. <laughs> That's all I can say. Hello, welcome everybody to episode 105. Wow, I am still blown away that I'm over 100 episodes, but whatever. <laughs> we're here, we're happening, we're now, we're wow. Episode 105, yeah. Uh, this episode, it's another episode for non-transgender people, and it's a follow-up to episode 51 from last year, kind of uh, kind of a, an extended part two, if you will. And uh, because the last few episodes were a conversation with Lee Harrington, oh, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, the normal segments are back, starting with the 20 jokes so terrible, they're actually funny. This week we are on number 16. Getting down to the wire, huh? Yeah, there's only four. Four. Well, three after this episode, but we'll get there when we get there. Then over on the B-side, today is actually Bisexuality Visibility Day on September 23rd, the day that this episode is supposed to drop, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And some other things, going to leave that for a little bit of a surprise while we're over on the B-side. And then, of course, oh boy, of course we're going to have some listener feedback. Because I just had three-part conversation with a fantastic guest. So I haven't had a chance to give out listener feedback. So we're going to have it this episode. And I want to say welcome all brand new listeners. If this is your first episode that you are listening to, welcome aboard this crazy train ride this Crazy skateboard ride, plane ride, sleigh ride, jet ski ride, however your ride is going, car, plane, boat, bicycle, I don't know, whatever your ride is, welcome aboard this particular episode because it's your first. This is my stream of consciousness podcast that I call Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience where I put an outline together, choose a topic, choose some information and things like that, and then I turn on the microphone and I talk. That's my show, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, that's my show. So if this is your first episode, your cherry has been popped, and welcome aboard. And then for all the returning listeners, for anyone where this is more than your first episode, if this is your second episode or third episode or however number episode it is for you, if it's your 105th episode, you are a returning listener, and that is amazing to me. 
I love you folks. I hope you realize that. And when I say that, I mean the folks that get back to me and respond to me on Twitter and Facebook and email. I love you all. I tell you in emails when I respond. You know, when I reach out back out to you after you've reached to me, I tell you how appreciative I am of your listening and responding. And then for all of those that don't or can't respond and say, yeah, I'm listening too, but you're still listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so very much for being here. Now, before we get into the big thing about this episode, you know, for non-transgender people, let's talk about not just last episode, but the last three episodes, episode 102, 103, and 104, because I had the honor, the wonderful honor of speaking with the eloquent, the knowledgeable, the world-traveled Lee Harrington. He, it was, we spoke for about four hours and between some dead spaces to get some water or clearing of throat or thinking of another question to ask or something like that, that, that four hour conversation chunk of time whittled down to a three hour and 30 minute conversation that I released in three separate parts, episode 102, 103, and 104. I was affected the day we recorded and then I was affected again when I edited, I mean, the pre-edit of the, you know, the two-person conversation. And then when I edited the actual episode together, episodes 102, 103, 104, when I put the pieces together before I presented it to you, I was affected three separate times by this conversation with Lee Harrington. And so I say to you, please, if you haven't yet, go back to listen to episode 102, 103, and 104 with Lee Harrington, and I highly suggest at least listening to it twice, because it is that powerful, it is that informative, it is that mind-blowing and mind-informative. If you don't know who Lee Harrington is, go ahead and Google him, but also Google Passion and Soul. That's his podcast, that's his website, that's his blog. Everything you can be everything about Lee Harrington can be found at passionandsoul.com. So that's where you want to go on the internet, Twitter, all of it. That's where you'll find Lee Harrington. And then you can find his book, traversinggender.com. I've tweeted the post with the book link to Amazon. I've posted on the Facebook page with the book link to Amazon. So if you search back through Changes in Latitudes on Facebook, you'll find it. Or just go to Amazon and search it out yourself. And that's traversinggender.com, which is also the name of the book, Traversing Gender. And wow, just wow. Now, you can find Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience, this show that you're listening to, at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. You can search us out on iTunes. You can search us out on Stitcher, of course. We can also be found, we are a proud member of the queerlife.org family. You can find episodes and things like that over at thequeerlife.org. You can also follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Email me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at CIL podcast. And while you're out there following me on all social media platforms, why don't you cruise on over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N 
dot com slash changes in latitudes podcast why well you get early release of standard episodes all the episodes go out my goal is a week out before for the episodes sometimes it falls short at about five days sometimes it runs early like 14 days but my goal is a week before it drops publicly so you get early access to regular episodes but you also get the exclusive bonus content of a show of a mini cast that i have called unplugged where what you get is me immediately after this show. I'm going to finish recording this episode, episode 105, and then I'm going to sit down, turn my recorder on again, and continue talking for oh, about 20, 30 minutes, it seems, and record episode number six of Unplugged that is exclusively available on Patreon. So if you're interested in hearing some after-hours talk or subjects that I just don't think are going to be really entertaining on the regular show or maybe just a little more personal, I share during Unplugged. So go to patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Now I am so happy to say that this episode, episode 105, is brought to you, the listener, wherever you are listening, by my wonderful patron over on Patreon, the glorious, the wonderful, the charming Becky B. Thank you, Becky, for all that you do. You are amazing. And I think you know that. All right, I think we got all the housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into the main topic. All right, here we are. Main topic. (laughs) Main topic for this episode number 105 is another episode for non-trans people. And it's really a follow-up to episode 51 from last year, because when I put that one together, I said to myself, you know, I want to do a follow-up to this. And I may even do another follow-up next year, depending on how I feel and how time's going and all that stuff, because it's a year from now, you know what I mean? So, so I figured, so I planned this out since last year, and when I put last year's together, it was everything off the cuff, everything right off the top of my head. I, I put it all down on, an, on my outline, and then I, I read it off, and I, I vented on it, I tangent, tra- tangented on it, if that's even a word, and, I, and that was my episode. And I said to myself, as, I, as this episode was approaching, I said, you know, I need to do a little bit more with this episode because I want to hold it justice. You know, I want it to hold its own feet because there might be people out there that only download last episode 51 and this one because that's what they identify with. Those, these might be the first two episodes that they listen to. And before they start diving into whatever back catalog topics interest them. So, so I really wanted to put some interesting uh, uh, spins on this episode and, and really give it some, some oomph, you might say. So first thing I did was Google, you know, what don't you say to a trans person? Because that seems to be one of the first questions that comes up to uh, cisgendered people usually, but also transgendered people. What shouldn't they be calling me? What shouldn't they be saying to me? Or, you know, the cis person, I don't want to offend anybody. What do I say or don't say? And I'm sure if you Google it as well, you will find a ton of articles out there for it. So, you know, don't be afraid. Go ask your local Google. But uh, these links I'm going to talk about will be on the show notes over at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. 
And in, in the show notes, you know, if you, I know if you're using the iTunes podcast app, you can click the links because it links it. Thank goodness, because, you know, it, without those links, it would be just a pain in the butt. You'd have to go to Google all the time. Anyway, the first one I came up with was from EverydayFeminism.com, and it's here's what okay and not okay to say to a trans person once and for all. And I kind of laughed, laughed at it for that, you know, that final I, once and for all. I mean, come on, this is an ever-changing, growing thing. You can't say once and for all. You're talking, you know, hypermedia there. Anyway, this article comes from June 27th, 2015. So it's a little over a year old, and so some of these might be a little archaic or on their way to being archaic. And the first thing is, don't ask us questions related to our lives pre-transition. And that is that is completely true. That is absolutely 100% completely true because you usually don't dive into asking about someone's past because usually you have some sort of issue or secret or something that you don't really want to share about, you know, or you don't really think about that you just don't talk about. You don't usually ask, so what was your childhood like? Was it a normal childhood or did you have some fucked up parents? You know, (laughs) I mean, that's really, you don't ask that sort of question. The same is true for any person that is transgender or non-binary or whatever the case may be for the individual. You don't ask about that specific part of of their past unless you are planning on being close to that person. And when I say close to that person, I mean it on many different facets. I'm talking about a very close friend, someone who you would confide in and someone you would, you know, cry over things with or laugh over things with or grab a cup of coffee every week or two or go see a movie every month or go have lunch every couple months or whatever the case may be. You know, or, you know, someone that's going to be physically close with this individual, someone that's going to start a physical relationship with the individual, that person, that sort of person kind of has the ground to ask about that. You know, we're kind of reaching that point of being physical with each other, and I'm just kind of curious about your past. Is it okay? Is it something you're okay talking about? That's how you start it off. That's how you start it off, and you say, is it okay with you to talk about your past? Don't start jumping in and asking about things. You know, did you always hate your penis? Did you wish you had a vagina? Don't, don't ask those questions. First of all, they're obvious. I mean, they're obviously stupid questions that everybody's going to ask, so don't ask the obviously stupid questions. Be a little more intelligent. But also, ask the person if it's okay to ask about that. Because they're wanting to be, if you're feeling the physical attraction, chances are they are too. So breaching the question of is it okay to talk about is usually good ground to get started on. So there's an exception to that rule. But as a, as a, you know, if you're in an office building and someone comes out as trans and oh my gosh, all of a sudden they're presenting opposite than they did the day before, you don't go up and you ask about, so what was your childhood like? Or maybe you just met this person and, re- and found out they were trans. You don't go up and say, so what was your childhood like? Was it awkward growing up as a girl? I mean, this is what you'd say to a trans man. Or, you know, was it awkward growing up as a boy to a trans woman? You don't say those things. You don't ask about somebody's childhood. You just don't. It's not one of those things. Unless you're really close to the person. And if you're really close to the person, you'll know you're really close to the person and that it's okay to ask. But ask in a way that they can say no, because you got to give them an out. 
Some people just do not want to talk about it. Some people just do not want to face it. They haven't had a chance to process it in their own transition, so they do not want to talk about it, whatever it may be. For example, maybe a boy's father took the boy out camping and fishing all the time when the boy really didn't want to. All the boy wanted to do was stay home and play with dolls and play house in the backyard or whatever, you know, whatever. And maybe they just don't want to talk about it. Maybe they just don't want to talk about it. Give them that option. Okay, what else do they say? They say, don't ask about medical transition. No, you're not going to ask any other person, so uh, did, you, did you happen to have your gallbladder out? You know, do you happen to be on uh, estrogen? Because I heard you had a hysterectomy. These are things you don't talk about unless you are close to the person. You don't have any right to ask about someone's medical information. You know, they're not going to turn around and say, oh, so are you on some, you know, ADD pills or antipsychotic pills or antidepression pills? You don't talk about that unless the friendship is close. Next thing they say is, do ask, parentheses everyone, what pronoun do they want to use? It's 2016. That's been a pretty popular topic for at least the last two years. Yes. If you know someone is transgender or gender queer or gender neutral or gender fluid or not following within the binaries, you have every right to ask them, what pronouns would you like me to use? And then for God's sake, please respect their answer. Please respect their answer. And if you happen to foul it up, apologize, not profusely, just a quick, oh, I'm sorry, I slipped and move on. They know you slipped. You don't need to apologize profusely. You're drawing more attention to it. Shut up. Apologize quick and simple. Maybe a couple I'm sorry's, but no more than that. No more than two apologies about messing up their pronoun. And then just move on. You're going to try harder the next time. It's all good. They know. Don't draw attention to it. Keep moving on. Chugga, 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 chugga. All right, next thing they say. Number four, do ask how to best support us in any given space. Why, yes, of course. I mean, there is so many things. Uh, I mean, for example, a trans woman going into the woman's bathroom may like to know that the comfort of her date, and let's just take for this example that it's a male date, because there are a lot of straight trans women. So we're going to assume that it's a man for this explanation right now. It's nice to know, the the trans woman likes and is nice to know that the man she is, you know, dating for the evening or going out with for the evening or whatever the case, husband even, okay, we'll go that far, is just standing outside and, you know, can hear if she happens to scream or yell or need something or whatever. There's a little comfort in that. Now, let's take it as the uh, trans woman is a lesbian. And so their partner goes in with them because, well, a lesbian is attracted to women. So the two women enter into the into the bathroom. It's also nice to know that that support is there. That there's someone in the same room watching your back almost literally. So, yeah, you want to ask how to support us in given spaces. You know, you want to, you want to, whatever it may be for that particular time and space. I'll tell you, as a blanket answer, treat us as humans, treat us as people, treat us as whatever the gender we are presenting is. And I say that because of my experience, my gender fluidity, because there are days that I'm a guy, there are days that I'm a girl. So respect it whichever way it is. That's what I'm saying for me. Next statement. Do ask whether shared information should remain confidential. 
To me, this is almost a no-brainer. It all depends on how close you are to the individual. Most of the time, the individual, the trans individual, will say, now don't share this with anyone. I'm going to tell you this in confidence and in private. And then whatever it may be. You know, obviously respect that. But if there's something that's shared and you're kind of concerned about, you know, like, uh, oh, you told me your birth name today, and I really appreciate you sharing that information with me. Who else knows? Who else could I, you know, should I not talk to, or is it okay because they already know that I can talk to about this? For example, I mean, there's tons of examples out there. (laughs) It's just there's one that comes to the top of my head. And that was the last one. There's only five. Another article I found on glad.org is tips for allies of transgender people. And this, I really like glad.org. If, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go check it out because they've got just some great information that I personally find in an easy-to-understand, easy-to-digest language. So go check that out. Again, the links are going to be in the show notes. This is Tips for Allies of Transgendered People. I'm not going to go through them all. So to go through the first few at least, you can't tell if someone is transgendered just by looking. Yeah, that's true. You don't know. You never know. Sometimes you might guess, but you don't know for a fact until they tell you. Next thing is, don't make assumptions about a transgender person's sexual orientation. Oh, good God, yes. Never assume someone's attracted to something unless you know for a fact. You never assume. Well, I shouldn't say never assume. There are times when you look at somebody and you could say, uh, oh, they're straight. And then if they come out as gay, you could be totally surprised. And then on the opposite side of the coin. Corn? Did I just say corn? I meant coin. On the opposite side of the coin, you've got the person who is... You know, who, oh, that person looks homosexual, and they turn out to be straight. So you cannot judge a book by its cover, just as you cannot judge a book by its cover, even if they're trans. So never assume sexual orientation. Never assume it. Never assume it. We should know that by now. We should know that by now. Next thing is, if you don't know what pronouns to use, listen first. Yeah, we talked about that a moment ago. Don't ask a transgender person what their real name is. Oh, dear God, never do this. Never, ever do this. The only chance that you could ever think about possibly asking somebody this is if you're going to be very close to that person. And I I refer back to my previous definition of closeness, you know, close friend or physically intimate person. Only then, you know, they've let you that far into their life, then there might be an opportunity that you could say that. But again, give them an out. Don't just flat out say, so what was your birth name? Don't ask that specific question. Approach it gingerly. Approach it empathetically. Say, you know, we've been together, you know, however long. We, uh, I really care about you. I, I really want to know about you. And I've been very curious. Would you mind telling me what your birth name is? You know, I mean, y- you ask it in that sort of fashion. That gives the person an out if they don't want to. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to share that information. Okay, fine. Let it go. Move on. You made your attempt. You made your request. You got your answer. Move on. If you're still curious to know because, you know, your relationship has progressed and it's moved on, then maybe six months or a year, try it again. You know, try it again. And again, approach it with a chance for them to give you, to give an out. You know, hey, we spoke about this before. 
you know, we're in, that was so X amount of time ago, a year ago, six months ago. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still here. I, I'm, I'm just really curious about your past. I would like to know about it. And I would say if you ask about someone's past, probably three, maybe pushing four times, and they do not want to share about it, stop asking. They, you've already expressed the fact that you're curious. You've expressed the fact that you're curious in something specific, in this case, the name. You might express interest about their, you know, experience in uh, elementary school or something, you know, whatever it is, or multiple things. If, if, if after three or four attempts and they still say no, stop asking. Stop asking for at least a good length of time, a couple years, maybe more. You know, let the, let the relationship grow, evolve, and change and move forward. Believe me, they know, the trans person knows that you're curious about that part of their life. When they're ready, they will share. But again, you still have rights to ask if you're that deeply involved with someone. Just choose your right timing and wording of things. That's your key. Okay, next thing they say. Understand the differences between coming out as lesbian, bisexual, or gay and coming out as transgender. Yeah, allies, that is a, uh, that's a big difference there. The easiest thing to say is, is this. Coming out as transgender is an identity experience, an identity coming out. How you're experiencing the world in your gender. How you experience the world in, in the body that, you're, that you are. Your gender experience of the world. Coming out as lesbian, gay, bisexual is your sexual orientation. Who you're attracted to. So and once you wrap your head around those two separate things, you're golden. You're golden. Uh, be careful about confidentiality, disclosure, and outing. Yeah, if you're close to a trans person as an ally, do not out them to anybody. Never out them. It's their intellectual property, you might say. It's their information to share, not yours. Just as in, in, in the cis-allied world, you don't want someone sharing the fact that you may have had a miscarriage or maybe that you're sterile or maybe that you're impotent or maybe that you've had uh, some medical procedure, breast implants, facial feminization or you know, facial reconstruction or something. Or maybe you don't want to share the fact that you have a uh, denture. This is information you don't want others to share. Well, the same is true for a trans person. Do not out them. You know, a longtime friend of a trans person should never say, Oh, yeah, I knew Sally back when he was Jack. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I mean, the only exception to that is if everybody knows the person's trans and knows that their, that their name was Jack. You know, if everybody knows those two critical points then yes, that's okay to say. But the chances of a being in a social environment where that happens is pretty slim. And I'm sure you would know it if you were experiencing it. All right, next thing. Respect the terminology a transgender person uses to describe their identity. Yes. An identity is defined by the individual. Remember that. Allies and, well, everybody, the identity is defined by the individual. The individual defines who they are and what they are. And the best ally respects that. 
Be patient with those who are questioning or exploring their gender identity. Absolutely be a, be be compassionate. Be patient with these people. These people are taking a leap outside the norm, quote unquote, norm. Exploring what what their body is calling to them to say. So don't don't make more work for them. It continues, another one is, understand there is no right or wrong way to transition and that it's different for every person. Yeah, there is no black and white. This is how you transition from male to female or ma- female to male. There is no black and white. There's a lot of similarities because we all are human bodies. Outside of that, everybody's experience is different. Next one is, don't ask about a transgender person's genitals, surgical status, or sex life. And to me, that's another freaking no-brainer. You don't go up to a stranger or someone you just met or anybody and ask about their, their, their intimate life, about their genitalia, their sex life, or their orientation, unless you know the person. And even then, on something like this, you got to know them pretty damn well to be able to ask about that part of their life. So, as common topic, no, stay away from this. All right, next on the list is avoid backhanded compliments or helpful tips. Uh, They give some examples. I would never have known you were transgender. You look so pretty. Or you look so handsome. You look so masculine. You look so feminine. Um, Another one they say is, you look just like a real woman. Another one is, she's so gorgeous, I never would have guessed she was transgender. With that one right there, you just outed the person. And we spoke about outing a moment ago. Next is, he's so hot, I date him even though he's transgender. Again, backhanded, but also, um, you're outing. Next one is, you're so brave. That one is hard to avoid, I know. Because a cisgendered person sees it as brave. Wow, this person is changing their gender. That is amazing. Wow, they are so brave to attempt that journey that process whatever it is i i get it but to us it's just something we need to do to be complete to be whole to be us so i i know i personally know you mean well when you say you're so brave but realize what it means to us is yeah we're brave enough to to expose ourselves and be true to ourselves So what that says about the cisgendered person is that they're not brave to embrace who they are and what they want in life. They're hiding from who they are. Not all, but some, maybe most. Okay, another one they give is, you'd pass so much better if you wore less or more makeup or had a better wig or whatever the case may be. Don't draw attention to us. Do not draw attention to us. Again, unless you are that close to the person and they trust your opinion and they would ask you, does this wig look okay? Is this my makeup all right? If they're that close to you, fine. Fine. But unless they, unless they are, don't say a damn thing. And there's a couple more that are there, but I don't want to go on too much longer because I have another one. For, that was from glad.org, by the way. This is from BuzzFeed. 10 questions it's never okay to ask a transgender person. And this one is this one is pretty well done by by BuzzFeed. Uh, I'm only going to give the first few because I want you to go and check this out. So, one of the first one is which bathroom do you use? 
Don't ask that question. Don't ask that question. If you really want to know, follow them. <laughs> you know, most people say, I have to go to the bathroom. You can easily say, me too. And then go to the bathroom together. When you get there, see which one they choose. That's it. That's the one they use if you're that curious. But you didn't draw attention to it and you didn't ask them. The next one is, so when is the surgery? Do not ask this question unless you are very close to the person. And even then you might want to question whether to ask him or not. Next one is, are you sure you aren't just gay? Okay. This goes back to gender identity versus sexual orientation. Gender identity is the expression of a person somewhere between the male and female binary. Somewhere within that binary, they are comfortable. Whether it's one extreme or the other, or somewhere in the middle. That's where they are. That's where they're comfortable. That's their gender expression, their gender identity. Who they are attracted to is their sexual orientation. And I mean gay, lesbian, bi, pansexual, whatever the case may be. That's, that's that. Two separate things. So don't question the whole, well, I mean, let's just take the whole typical trans woman scenario, okay? You got a, you got a man who is gay because he is, has relationships with men. And then that particular person comes out as transgender and is a trans woman, but still has relationships with men. Well, by basic definition, a man who has relationships with men is gay. A woman who has relationships with men is straight. Period. End of story. Move on. That's it. Done. You don't have to ask their sexual orientation. You don't have to question it. You don't have to say, well, aren't you just gay? If a gay man is coming out as a trans woman, no, they are no longer gay. They are straight. And chances are they've always been straight, but gay was the easy answer for them in their youth or in their, their process of coming to terms and coming out, whatever their individual journey is. So don't, don't, don't even cross that path unless you are a very close friend. Next one is, do you have a penis? You don't ask this to anybody. You don't, you don't walk up to anybody and say this question. I don't care, trans or cisgender, you'd never ask this question. Um, next one they say is, can I see a picture of you before you transition? You know, you, that is just so rude. You, who do you go up to and say, oh, you are such a wonderful person. Can I see pictures of you from 10, 20, 30 years ago? When you may have been prettier, when you may have been more handsome, when you may have been cuter, when you may have been a different gender, you don't do that. If you happen to go to their home and they happen to have pictures out, that means they are okay with having those pictures out, and they obviously they know you're there, <laughs> so they're going, so you're going to see those pictures. They're okay with that. That's the only time. Don't ask about it. Next one is, what's your real name? We talked about that before. You don't ask about that. Uh, oh, this one. Why don't you try harder to look like a woman or a man? You don't ask a person about presentation. That triggers so much dysphoria. Because if you look at an individual and you see weird gender inflections from both genders in their presentation... A girl looking kind of masculine, a man looking kind of feminine, whatever your case may be. You don't say, you know, you should try harder. 
You don't. Just like you don't walk up to a woman that you're not familiar with. I mean, a woman to a woman and say, you know, your makeup is really crappy. You should, re- you should really redo the makeup. Your base is too, too dark or too light. Your shadow is this. Your highlight is that. Your lip, your lip color is this. You, whatever it is. You don't say that. You don't. You just don't. Because believe me, the trans person, when they wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, they still see their birth gender. A lot of the time, no matter how far into transition they are, they will still see their birth gender. That doesn't go away for a long time. From stories I've read, from my own personal experience, it doesn't go away. So don't bring it up. Next one. Are you going to change your voice? You know, some people complain about this. And now that it's 2016, we don't need to worry about our voices. Trans people, we don't need to worry about our voices. Because the goal is no longer stealth. The goal is authenticity. The goal is being authentic to yourself and who you are. And the most authentic thing about you from your birth is your voice. Your voice is who you are. The minute you try putting on a voice, the minute you try making your voice sound like something else, unless you are a voice actor or someone trained in voice acting, you're putting on a voice. You're putting on an accent, a dialect, an affectation. So don't ask about it. Don't ask about it. Are you? Because I'll turn around and I'll say, are you going to change your voice? You know? Because there are some masculine-sounding women, and there are some feminine-sounding men. And then you got the whole question about the flamboyant gay man, who, let's just for a picture think of Nathan Lane from The Birdcage, a very effeminate man who could almost be female, Sounds female, acts female, walks female, looks female, except for maybe the curvy parts of the body. But yet they're male. Are you going to tell that individual? Are you going to change your voice to be more masculine because you're a guy? No. Who cares what our voices are? Stealth is no longer the goal. Be authentic to who you are. Next one is, am I straight if I want to fuck you? Well, that goes back to what I said about before in sexual orientation. If a straight man is attracted to a trans woman, that is a man attracted to a woman. Period. End of story. Straight man attracted to a woman. Ta-da! Question answered. If that trans woman happens to have a penis, because there are some trans women that choose to keep their penises, no, that still does not make you gay because she is a woman. Who happens to have a penis? Who cares? Who cares? Let it go. I mean, if you're you're attracted to that trans woman because she has a penis, eh, that's a different topic that that you probably should straighten out in your own head. Are you attracted to her because she only has a penis? You know, if that's the only reason you're attracted to her is because she has a penis, then maybe straighten things out in your head. If you're attracted to her because you find trans women... A person who goes through the process of being born a boy and then becoming a woman, if you find that sort of individual attractive and interesting and and appealing, you're straight. You're still a man attracted to a woman. So let it go. And the last one, number 10 here from BuzzFeed, is 
how do you have sex? You don't ask anybody this question. You don't, you do, even if you're semi-familiar with this person at like, like a coworker at work and you're on break at the same time, you do not ask. So do you prefer doggy style or missionary? Unless you're one of those weird, awkward people that likes to start weird, awkward conversations at weird, awkward times. If you're one of those, you know, people that is just different than the norm. Okay. That's your type. That's your thing. But you're that weird person that does things at weird times. But as normal, everyday, going through life, monotonously, people, you don't ask people how they have sex. You just don't. Why would you? Again, unless you're close to this person because you're a friend or you're trying to be intimate with the person. That's the only time. Only time. Only time. Now, after those articles, which will be available in the show notes over at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com, now, the rest of this topic comes from an, a, a question I put out on my own personal Facebook page. Hey, friends, family, and all you folks, what should I talk about on my podcast? And this is months ago, months and months ago. And uh, actually, the first one we covered, which is what to say and not to say to a trans person, was sent in by a cisgendered person. Her name is Casey D. I don't know if she'll be listening or not, but that's who sent it in. And we went through those articles right there for you. And the rest of this is sent in by a trans woman, Cora W., she actually kind of spouted out very stream of consciousness, so it kind of fits into the show in an ironic way. Um, she says, the nuances of dating a trans person, specifically choosing battles, when to educate a willing partner, and when to let a microaggression slide for the sake of maintaining the health of the relationship. And that's a tough call. Because... As a, as a cisgendered person, I'm sure you are so curious about knowing all about us and our process and our journey and our experience of life and, and everything. And, and that's actually one of the reasons I do the show, to be quite honest. So you folks know what my experience is, at least on a week-to-week basis or topic-by-topic basis. And it's tough to say when and how you should educate. I, uh, to the allies, I want to say try to educate yourself. To the trans people, if, if there's somebody in your life that is questioning things, or not questioning things, rather, but asking you questions about things, you need to ask yourself, because it's at that point you feel like the educator. I mean, we've all crossed that path. Because sometimes we are the only trans person that particular friend knows. So we're the end-all, be-all of the information. And you and I and a bunch of other trans people know that's not the case, but that's how it feels especially to the cis person, which is why I say cis people, try to educate yourself. Transgender people, choose your battles. Find out where you want this individual in your life. If you want them close to you, if you're thinking of maybe having a physical relationship, if you just want them as a close, close, close platonic friend, then take your steps in educating them. Send them to the right websites. Give them the, the few, a number of episodes that I've done in my show to listen to. Um, there are so many resources out there. Like I started off with these three different articles. That's a starting point. And last year's episode. So you need to choose how close you want the individual to you before you start educating them. Or if you feel like you have the desire to educate the world or get your voice heard to the world, kind of like mine, <laughs> then, you know, maybe start a blog. Or a video blog, you know, a video journal on on YouTube, or a podcast. 
the, the trans person continued on the whole education thing. You know, it's part of our job to educate family, friends, and loved ones, and then says, where do you draw the line? And that's where it is. You choose to draw the line. Family and friends, yes, you should definitely try to educate. But outside of that circle, maybe you don't want to spend the energy. If they spend the energy wanting to get to know you, well, then maybe you should spend the energy wanting to get to know them. The trans woman friend says, my struggle is your struggle, which means an extra struggle for me on top of dealing with my own trans issues, having to pull double duty to help you deal with their issues about dating a trans person. And that's very true. Allies who find trans people attractive, and I mean both trans men, trans women, allies who find, who are attracted to that, please do your best to educate yourself. Don't put the burden of education or, or understanding on the trans person. If you're confused about being attracted to a trans person, you need to go figure it out yourself. Why are you attracted to a trans person? And figure out the specifics of it. Are you attracted to a, you know, an early transition trans, trans person? Are you attracted to a post-operative trans, trans person? Are you attracted to only someone who chooses not to have any surgeries? Whatever the gambit is, there are so many out there. You need to figure that out in yourself, just as the trans person is figuring out themselves. So don't put the burden on the trans person to help you figure out who you are. Maybe go through it together, but you still need to do the brunt of your work for yourself, just as the trans person is doing the brunt of the work for themselves. She continues, the double-edged blade of fetishization. I like that my body is attracted to you, but I want you to also be attracted to who I am as a woman or a man and as a person. Is it too much to want both? And that, that, again, goes down to the individual. Is the individual attracted to the trans person because they are different than the binary? Are they attracted to them because it is unique? Have they watched far too much adult entertainment and seen what the porn world has done to trans women? Or do they happen to be genuinely attracted to Trans women. It's something that the individual needs to ask and find out. So, as an ally, the first thing I want to say is educate yourself. Go to Google. Ask Google all your questions. Go to your local LGBT center because you are considered an ally. So you have every right to see what resources there are there. And maybe you'll find the resources there because a trans person spends an hour talking with you. And a trans person spends an hour educating you on the stuff that you just can't ask your partner. Because it is your partner. You don't want to put that burden on them. Maybe even seek some sort of therapist in the sense of understanding yourself better. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong for anybody being attracted to a trans person. There's, you're not gay, you're not homosexual, If you are a man attracted to a trans woman, you're straight. If you are a man attracted to a trans man, well, then you're gay. If you're a woman attracted to a trans man, you're straight. And if you're a woman attracted to a trans woman, you're gay or lesbian, depending on how you choose to to identify. Plain and simple. We've known that since, since, what, the 60s, 70s, 80s for sure? 
So if you're having, you know, struggles with your own sexual identity, sexual orientation, sexual attraction, you yourself need to go to therapy, go to find the answers yourself. There's tons of books, there's tons of therapists, there's tons of podcasts, there's tons of videos out there, there's tons of documentaries. I mean, you're not new to this. People have been coming out as being attracted to the genders that are not normal, quote unquote normal, for eons. I mean, the reason it's called Greek is because the Greeks were very gay. Okay? Okay. Now, when I was putting this episode together, our longtime listeners, binge listeners, should know that I am a horrible podcast listener because I do my damnedest to make sure I get an episode out to you folks every week, and that takes up a lot of my listening time. But uh, in my listening, I came across an episode of Greg Proop's The Proopcast, that's what he calls it, called The Smartest Man in the World. And this is, this. I'm going to play a clip. This is how he closed his episode that aired on December 2nd, 2014. Now I know it's almost two years old. I get that. Well, I'm a year and a half almost behind in my listening. So when I heard this, I said, oh my gosh, this is going to be a perfect way to end the main topic for this particular episode. So I'm going to leave you with that, and I'll see you around the corner. It's almost impossible when you watch television and read the interwebs uh, to understand the obfuscation and the agenda pushing that's going on with the news media. Not, of course, the Columbia Broadcasting System, which is almost unbelievably fair. Having had me on this morning for four and a half minutes and allowed me to plug this show tonight. Which they had, they known the content of the show, and they did. Uh, Fire Dog Lake, Jennifer gave me this. Jennifer gave me a good deal of this. Police fired tear gas at coffee shop in St. Louis that was supposed to be a safe space. Uh, there were people hiding in a coffee shop that were journalists and uh, UN observers, and the police fired on them in Ferguson. Know that this week. Know that there have been much more peaceful protesters than they have uh, violent protesters. Also, know. That when you see white people say, well, these violent protesters are <laughs> When are white people allowed to be violent? Is there a time when we're not allowed to be violent? Because we are allowed to be violent all the fucking time. Whenever we want to turn shit over, whenever we want to shoot our women, whenever we want to do whatever we fucking want, we're allowed to. When the underclass does, and the underclass is largely black people. And let's go back even further. When you go to the Civil War, a lot of textbooks will say the Civil War was fought for various reasons. The Civil War was fought because there was slavery in the South. The framers of the Constitution, who owned slaves, made a compromise with the Southern states so that they could get a union and so that they could get federalism. After that, we're talking about the Reconstruction. The Reconstruction was a, a lot of white people being angry at black people, when there were finally black Congress people and things like that. Um, at every turn in this country, white people have defied black people to move forward. Um, during the last giant recession of 2008, the people that got hit the hardest were black people. Um, 
They'll tell you that John Brown was crazy for leading a slave revolt. John Brown was not crazy. He was known by Harriet Tubman, and he was known by Frederick Douglass, and they did not consider him crazy. Anyone is crazy that thinks everyone's equal in this country, and that's what the problem with the government in this country has been for 250 fucking years. And that's what the problem is right God down now. We know that it's not true. We know that we're all equal, and we know that we should all have a voice. And therefore, we need to gather together in mass, as people have been this week, uh, to show that we have the power and that we have the knowledge and that we have the wherewithal uh, to withstand the slings and arrows and withstand the unbelievable slamming down that the fascist state uh, uh, lays upon us. I planned a giant... I have dozens of pages of fucking stuff here. And, um, and I've been reading about it all week, and it's been upsetting beyond all repair. But I really wanted to say this in the end. There's nothing that inspires me more than the fact that the love between people is irrevocable. And that when people get together, they're not torn by gender and race. They're not pushed apart by differences. And they, in fact, find the differences exciting, invigorating, intellectually stimulating, and necessary. And that we, as a group, can move forward together, hand in hand and arm in arm. Men, women, and every race, gender, style, creed, religion, and whatnot. Without the help of the government, the government's not helping. Without the help of the corporations, the, the corporations are not helping. Without the help of the uh, ruling class, there will be what we want to be. There will be abortion for everyone. There will be racial equality. There will be uh, all of these things. How? Because we will demand it and we will get it. Uh, it seems hopeless now, Greg. Yeah. During the Civil War, slavery seemed hopeless. Uh, during World War II, integration of the armed forces seemed hopeless. During World War I, the idea that women would vote seemed hopeless. All of these things transpired. And all of these things that we have in our hearts will transpire. Because time marches on irrevocably. And people's mindset changes. And that we, as a giant group, will make all of these things happen. I hope I haven't sound... Well, I always sound pontifical and up my own ass. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, this is an important week in American history. It is an important week as the week that fucking shots were fired in Fort Sumter. You know what I mean? Uh, and our duty lies in whatever you can do I'm not asking that everyone man a barricade, and I'm not asking that everyone change their life immediately. I'm only saying that if you're in the sound of my voice, give thought to empathy and the idea that other people might be feeling what you're feeling. Um, but what about, um, you know, tendigenate and culture on them? <laughs> they exist. You've got to be zen about some fucking things and go... <laughs> The buzzing of the wasp is annoying, and yet the wasp does not dominate me at the end of the day.
people are in power who we give power. And uh, it's a long, bloody fucking road. And I don't think I'll live to see the end of it. But I'm excited and delighted that in my lifetime, um, there's been Malcolm X and Shirley Chisholm, Martin Luther King and Gloria Steinem, Bella Abba-Fucking-Zoom, and Elizabeth Warren, Wendy Davis, and fucking Hillary Clinton. I'm excited that the idea that there can be change, that there will be change, that we will all move together uh, uh, forward, and that men can change. That's the most exciting idea of all to me. Because we haven't even tracked it. There's another show coming in here in six minutes. I told David, our sound person tonight, that I would end at 1.45. And he was like, well, another show is going to be In any case, I, I, I can't help but uh, thank you again for your kind attention here tonight. If there's anything you do with your life, um, the most important thing is to take care of yourself. And I don't mean that in a selfish Hollywood, uh, you know, self-possessed, self-reflexive, navel-gazing way. I mean that in so much as you must take care of yourself in so much as if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And then when you take care of others, how do you do that? All politics are local. How local? I mean the person fucking next to you local. Um, it's not important that you solve all the issues of the country today. It's not important that you solve all the issues of the world today. You can't do that. But you can make the smallest movement toward what you can do, which is writing a letter, which is joining a thing online, which is educating yourself against the coming conflict. Because there is a coming conflict. And in the end of this coming conflict will be rainbows and waterfalls, butterscotch fucking pools that we may all dip in, and uh, enormous violent drinks full of sweetened fucking ambrosia that we all, yes, that we, really, it got that crazy, yes, it's not too wrong to dream that way, it is in fact, I think, imperative that we all dream bigger than, uh, than we can imagine. The media and uh, your friends and your cynical buddy and whatnot, they'll all have you believe one thing, but believe another thing. 200 years ago there was slavery in this country. Now there's not slavery in this country. There is, but not in the way we knew it before. The slavery that we know now will not exist in 50 more years. The situation that we're in now will change because time moves everything forward. And that's the only message I have for you tonight. Um, I couldn't be happier that everyone is here and that everyone pays so much attention to me and that you've given respect to my opinion and that uh, in some small way we might have shared uh, this moment together and that we might know that Ferguson is not uh, a line of demarcation. Ferguson is a signpost uh, in a, a comprehensive freeway that we're all going to be taking very soon. Uh, toward an exciting and expansive future where everyone is acknowledged. You have been the smartest crowd in the world. I have.
When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Ah, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com. Folks, go check out TomSlayton.com. Show him some love from Changes in Latitude to Transgender Experience. Tell him Charlie Sabrina sent you. He's got just a ton of wonderful, wonderful things over there. This week, I'm talking about TomSlayton.com forward slash Harper Lee quote. Now, if you're not familiar with who Harper Lee was, she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, and then, uh, I mean, like in the 60s, and then recently in the, in the early 2000s, late 90s, if my memory serves, but I'm a little off right now, so I might be wrong, don't hold me to this, she wrote a sequel to it. And uh, I don't know about you, but To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favorite, favorite stories. And that's probably because of how it was presented to me. It was presented in, in middle school. Uh, during our reading or literature class, I don't remember the name of it, but, uh, Monday through Thursday, we read a specific novel. I think we read, uh, Thomas, uh, Tom Sawyer, and then we followed it up with Huckleberry Finn. But on Fridays as an extra book, the teacher read to us from To Kill a Mockingbird. And it was my first exposure and it was just a wonderful experience. And then at the end of the book, we actually discussed it and all that, but then we watched the movie. And we just had such a glorious time enjoying that story. And it stuck with me all these years. And the, what Tom has on his page is a, a Harper Lee quote, which is, delete the adjectives and you'll have the facts. And of course, I took it one step further and I googled the quote. And it's Atticus, which is from the father from To Kill a Mockingbird, telling his children, specifically his daughter, about her brother's actions and words, the question is, what does Atticus mean when he tells Scout, that's the daughter, to delete the adjectives and have the facts about Jem, who's the brother, strange behavior in To Kill a Mockingbird? And one of the answers that I found on enotes.com is, great question, Atticus is actually referring to the last part of the paragraph you're referencing. Jem, displaying his newfound knowledge of all things Egyptian, tells Scout, among other things, that the Egyptians invented toilet paper and perpetual embalming. Atticus obviously recognizes the humorous error in the statement, instructs Scout to remove the adjectives, toilet paper and perpetual, and she'd have the facts. Doing so would lead Scout to the conclusion that the Egyptians invented paper, not toilet paper, and embalming, not perpetual embalming since because the word perpetual means continuing forever such a phrase would be redundant atticus's remark is one of many in which harper lee points out scout's naivety and atticus's dry yet humorous response to it so there you go harper lee quote go check it out tomslayton.com forward slash harper lee quote and i'll put links over in the show notes at changes in latitudes.blogspot.com also if you listen to episode 99, you already know this information, but it's so good, I want to tell you again. If you want a TomSlayton.com sticker, 
All you need to do is send your snail mail address to Tom at TomSlayton.com with the subject stickers. And he'll send you an official TomSlayton.com sticker. Now, the offer is only good in the United States of America. It's free. No purchase necessary. All you got to do is send in your address. And this is valid until December 31st, 2016. So head on over to TomSlayton.com and tell him Charlie sent you. jokes so terrible they're actually funny now i found this on tickle.com and it was originally published in june of 2015 this week number 16 two eskimos were sitting in a kayak and they were chilly So they decided to light a fire in this kayak. Surprisingly, it sank, proving once again that you can't have your kayak and heat it too. That's right, 20 jokes so terrible there. Actually funny. Ah, yeah, over on the B side. Here we go. Over on the B side. As I said at the start of the show, today, the 23rd of September, the day the show should drop if everything works out accordingly, and it should, because I've been doing this for 105 episodes and it's been pretty good so far. (laughs) So today, the 23rd of September, is Bisexuality Visibility Day. And basically that what that means is if you're bisexual, and I'm even going to throw in pansexual, because pansexual is just an extension of bisexual, in my opinion. Uh, for those that may not know, bisexual is those that are only attracted to the bi-gender, the binary gender, male and female. There are people that are only attracted to females, female, female, females, and male, masculine males. But then in the pansexual world... Pansexuality recognizes the in-between area, the gray line, the gender queer, the gender fluid, the people that are in between both binaries. You know, someone that may have uh, no breasts and a vagina, or someone that may have breasts and a penis. They're not quite the binary. You might think they are, but in actuality, they're not. Well, pansexual people also are open to having intimate relations with those sorts of people. So they fall under the bisexual umbrella, I'll say. I mean, they may not identify as bisexual, and bisexuals may not identify as pansexual, but I do see that common ground. It's very thin, but I still see that common ground between them. So today is Bisexuality Visibility Day. If you happen to be bisexual and you happen to be listening today and you're out, be proud of it. Share it again with the world. Go for it. Because 
today is your day. And if you happen to be listening this to, on a day that is not September 23rd, plan ahead. Plan for next September 23rd. And announce then. Come out then if that's your case. Be proud then if that's your thing. But today is Bisexuality Visibility Day. And if you Google that information, you're going to find a ton of links out there. There's a Twitter out there. There's a Facebook out there. There's Wikipedia articles out there. There's a YouTube page. There's so much out there about Bisexuality Visibility Day that... You could read for the next six hours. So so go check it out if that's your thing. Also over here on the B-side, I want to share a song that was sent to us, sent to me, <laughs> the royal we, the royal us, by Allie Rose in an email from July 25th. I read the email in a previous listener feedback, so you all should know about it. But in her email, she gave a top five uh, summer song sort of uh, countdown list. And this week, I chose to share with you Venus by Bananarama from 1986. 
Now, that was Venus by Bananarama in 1986. I remember it. It was one of the middle school songs we danced to at middle school dances. It was just so much fun. But in researching for this episode, I discovered that it was also that it was actually done by a group called Shocking Blue. So, as a treat for you next week, come back to the B-side in a week from now, and I'm going to play for you their version and tell you more about it. And that's all for this week over on the B-side. Listener feedback. We've made it. It's been a few weeks since we've had listener feedback, so it's a lot of fun to be here. So this week, our first listener feedback is actually a quick little catch-up, you might say, of the uh, audience survey link that I have out there floating around. You can find it over on changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. It's on the right-hand side. It's also at the very bottom. And it's actually in every single show note. Uh, since the show started, to be quite honest, you can take the marketing survey, as I call it. It's totally anonymous. I have no idea who you are when you say these things. There is two separate areas where you can say what you like and another area where you can say what you dislike about the show. Unless you put your name in those areas, I have no idea who you are. Okay? Okay. So this most recent one, and I only have one since the last time I did this a few months ago. Uh, And it was from the 23rd of August. So, listener out there, if you went and took the survey on the 23rd of August, if you happen to remember the date, (laughs) this is you. Uh, And the like part says, the host's engaging personality and the podcast's subject matter. Well, thank you so much. Um, Engaging personality, that's (laughs) quite a compliment. I'm just myself. And, yeah, I will admit that I, I make it, you know, more entertaining than, than I do every day. You know, I'm not like this type of person all the time. It's kind of uh, draining. But for the show, to keep it interesting and entertaining, yeah, I punch it up a little bit. So I'm glad that you enjoy that. I, I really appreciate that. Then the dislikes on the over on the dislike side, again, from the 23rd of August, the same person, obviously, said... Not enough guests. And I get it. I I totally get it. I'm a fan of podcasts, and I love listening to podcasts with guests where the guest changes and the host is the same all the time. I love those sorts of podcasts, like The Nerdist, for example, or uh, uh, Tom Wilson's Big Pop Fun when he was doing that. Or a number of other ones that are out there. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I love those episodes. I love those types of shows. Those are great shows. But I have to say to you, my, my wonderful audience that, that comes back either every week or sporadically or, or, or however you listen, guests are so tough. In the simple, let's just break it down to the simplest thing. Scheduling time to sit down and record uninterrupted. Because uh, if you're a longtime fan of the show, or even if you just joined us, if you look in the back catalog, you'll see that most guests have at least a two-part episode. 
you know, most guests are broken down into one and two parts because I love talking to people for about two hours and breaking it down into two separate episodes just because it allows you a chance to really digest what is being said. And it's not just all thrown out there all at once. So that's why I do that. Also for length of show. I, d- I don't want to put out a two-hour show. I don't want to put out a three-hour show because the, the, the size of the file increases really almost exponentially uh, to keep the sound quality as, as high as I possibly can. And, and if you're streaming the show, that takes a, that takes a burden on your streaming uh, uh, method, especially if you're not using a Wi-Fi uh, connection, which a lot of commuters don't. So I try to think of the commuters in that sense. So that's why I break the shows down to about an hour, hour and a half to keep it as digestible as possible in that sort of scenario. So you'll notice that most of the guests are two-parters. So I love talking to guests, but setting up that two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour really because you got to cut out the ums and the, the, the clearing of the throats and let me grab a sip of water or, hey, can I run to the bathroom for a moment or whatever the case may be. you got to cut that stuff out. And so usually a two-hour recording session ends up being about two hours of podcast content, sometimes a little less than an hour, sometimes more like 45, 50, 55 minutes depending on the individual and the topics and things like that. So so finding guests and scheduling the time is so hard because people have lives. Most people don't want to sit and talk on Skype for a couple hours. Most people don't want to schedule a time to have me come over to their home and set up my equipment and sit down and talk to them. You know, it's just, it's not a normal thing. It's, it's something that's not easy to come about. Because believe me, if I could get, if guests were easy to get, oh, I'd have them every episode. In fact, that's what my previous podcast was about. Uh, check out episode 11 of Changes in Latitudes, Transgender Experience. I believe the title is uh, No Need to RSVP for the RVSP. And that'll explain my previous show to you. And I had a guest every episode, and that was a pain in the ass, just to find them, schedule them, and record them. Then you talk about editing. Editing a uh, two, two-voiced podcast, which would be an interview, you know, you got, the, the, you got me and someone else, is, is tough because of different breathing patterns and, and stuttering or clearing of the throat or overlapping in vocal quality or whatever the case may be. Editing me versus editing me and someone else takes a little more time. So the editing time increases. And then when I get a guest on the show, I offer them a chance to hear the final cut of the interview before I even put it into the schedule of being released. That way they can say, hey, you know what? At at 30 minutes and 33 seconds, I really don't like that I stumbled over my words. Could you cut that out? And if I can, I will. Sometimes I can't because of just, you know, the the way the sound falls. But most of the time I can. And then I give it to them again to listen to. And then once they sign off on it, I put it up on my on my show. And I do that, 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 that I offer that chance to double check things. Because when you're in a conversation with someone, you sometimes forget exactly what you say. And you may think you said it one way, but when you hear it again, it comes out, it came out as a different way and it may not be the best way that you want to say something. So I give the individuals a chance to 
correct themselves, you know, give them a chance to be seen or in the podcast world heard in a better light, in a better way. So I offer that to them. I, I don't know of very many podcasts that do, but that's me. That's what I do. So like with Lee Harrington, for example, the last few episodes, we recorded that in July and I released it in September because of my schedule, his schedule and the reviewing process and the fact that it was three and a half hours of content, you know. So bottom line, what I'm trying to say is getting guests takes a lot of time and energy. To, to find people, to schedule people, to actually make it happen as far as the recording goes, because sometimes Skype is acting up. Skype is the usually the, the number one way I record people because it's the easiest thing. Most people have Skype. And so, so getting a guest is tough. And I get guests as, as often as I can, as frequently as I can, based on my schedule and what I can give back to the podcast and all that. So I understand why you say you want more guests. I totally get it. I love listening to guests and having guests, but it is a chore. It is an extra few steps to get it done. And that's the, that's the plain and simple of it. That's why I can't have guests every single show because it is almost, I wouldn't have a regular show. I wouldn't be able to get shows out every two, every week. I, I, I don't even know if I could get it out every two weeks, to be quite honest. So that's why there aren't as many guests. Next little bit of listener feedback. I am delighted. So happy. I want to say thank you to everyone out there that has used the Amazon affiliate link on the Blogspot webpage. Changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. On the right-hand side, scroll down just a little bit. You'll see the Amazon affiliate link. Whether you're on a mobile device or a laptop device or a desktop device, click that link and Amazon will either open the, the app on mobile devices or open Amazon in a whole new tab for you to go shopping to your heart's delight. And what happens? Pennies on the dollar come back to help out the show so I can do things like replace my recording headphones. The headphones I've been using for oh over oh geez uh at least three years if not a little bit more or maybe just shy of three years but i'll say about three years um started acting up if you're if you know headphones at all sometimes the uh the connector doesn't connect properly and you kind of kind of bend it twist it tweak it to to make it connect so you can hear the full audio in stereo and full sound and all those wonderful things about audio. Well, the headphones that I had, which were noise cancellation uh, headphones, they came with the mic stand and the pop filter when I purchased my Blue Yeti mic in a kind of a combo package thing from Amazon. And they ran their course. I mean, they've been with me for a hundred roughly episodes at that point in time. Actually, maybe a little more because I used them with my previous at podcast. So I'm just going to say they had about a hundred episodes under them. And that's not just recording, but that's editing and re-listening and, and dealing with stuff on the on the, the computer and editing and a whole bunch of stuff like that. And so they started acting up. Well, I was able to, to use the return payments from... You wonderful people using the Amazon affiliate link to replace my headphones with the exact same headphones that I had. I didn't have to figure out, you know, oh, are, are these new headphones going to be the same? I, I was able to find the headphones identical to what I had 
and they were available on Amazon. And thanks to you, I was able to purchase a new set of headphones. So thank you so much for every single one of you that uses the Amazon affiliate link. And if you haven't yet, please go check it out. Changes in Latitudes podcast.blogspot.com. Amazon link is on the right hand side, about ooh, halfway down. All right, now the next listener feedback comes from longtime friend and fan of the show, Emily K. Uh, a few episodes back, can't quite remember exactly which one. Probably the late 90s, if I remember correctly. Uh, Emily wrote me about uh, thinking that the, that a new co-worker was trans and how should she approach her. And, and I gave some feedback and, and some information about it. Ways to drop some subtle hints that maybe not everybody would know, but another trans person would pick up on. Anyway, she got back to me, and I apologize, this is from the end of August, but because of the Lee Harrington episodes, I didn't have any listener feedback. Emily wrote, I love the content of episode 100. I I have to interject. Uh, Thank you so much. I had so much fun putting episode 100 together. She continues with, I enjoy the fact that you kept it random, and as usual, your thoughts and ideas line up with mine more often than not. I'm only a few years younger than you, but the music you played at the end really brought good thoughts and feelings from my childhood back to me. As for the other part, I really appreciate the thoughts you gave me. I will think hard about initiating a conversation with my new co-worker. I did have an ineffectual therapist back in March. She did not have much experience with gender issues, but she tried to help. I have brought up to my significant other that I would like to find another more qualified therapist. Her response to me has been very negative, with comments typically saying that I claim nothing is wrong with me, so why do I need a therapist? So depression has been seeping into my life again. I stay busy at work and keep my priorities straight. I do worry about if things get worse, but for now, kind words and smiles from my friends keep me on the right path. Thank you for being there predictably every Friday. It's something to look forward to and always brings a smile to my face. Then when I wrote her back, you know, saying congratulations and I'm glad that what I gave her was positive and was going to work out. I said, can I read your email on the show? And she said, no worries. I loved part one of the Lee Harrington interview. Can't wait until Friday for the next installment. Of course, that's after the Lee Harrington episode dropped. She continues and says, please share as much as my story as you'd like. I definitely want others who are too scared to come forward to know there are others out there who also have challenges. Thank you for all you do. Well, Emily, I can't thank you enough for, one, sharing with me your story and and feeling connected to me and opening up to me and sharing your story and then allowing me to share it with the world. So thank you. I am sorry that you had an ineffectual therapist, and I hope you find a better one. As I've mentioned in some of the early episodes, one of them is called My POV on Therapy. And the therapist is your customer. You're paying them for a service. And if you're not liking the service, if you're not benefiting from the service, go find another one. If you can, within your limitations. I mean, you will know what your ability is to change your your therapy. but. If you're not getting what you need from your therapist, start to seek other ways to get better therapy for yourself. Even if it is group therapy, even if it's just a simple discussion group held at your local LGBT center with people coming from similar stories, similar existences, similar uh, uh, experiences with life, 
that you can connect with. The second thing I want to say is, Emily, thank you so, so, so very much for enjoying the show and in not specifically directly saying it, but telling me that my work does make a difference. Because I'll tell you, folks, I'll be honest with you, folks. If anything, by now, in episode one freaking 105, okay, 105, if anything, by now, you should know that I, I try to be as honest and straightforward and upfront as possible. And I'll tell you, as I was starting to approach episode 100, I, I can't remember the episode I said it in, maybe 92, 93, 91, somewhere in there. I said, you know, is, is anybody listening? I mean, I, I said more than that, but I basically said, is anybody listening? And then the bombardment of, of feedback I got saying, yes, we are here. We are here. Kind of like Horton Hears a Who. I mean, we're here. We are here. We are here. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, to get the feedback like that from episode whatever it was, and then your feedback really makes it so worthwhile to stay up late, to get up early, to listen to my voice repeatedly. I mean, I, I, I've been told by multiple listeners and friends and family and strangers that they like my voice. It's calming, it's soothing, it's, it's entertaining, it's compassionate, it's, it's emphatic, uh, it's sincere, it's honest, um, it's funny. I mean, these are just words I've heard from, from, from a lot of different people. So to hear words like, you are making a difference, you are affecting people's lives. And strangely, in the last month, I've, I've heard it a little more regularly than I, 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 I've expected from, from sporadic fans who I hear from every few months or so to fans that I hear from oh, almost on a daily basis. You know, if I post something on the Facebook page, they make a comment or they share it. So I consider that, you know, daily interaction, daily conversation, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, when I started this, you know, I had every intention of making a difference and, and impacting people's lives. And then because of the nature of the beast, the nature of the topic, some people can't or won't respond because they just, they can't, they're not there yet. So you don't get the listener feedback that you'd expect or need. But then you get things like yours, Emily, and, and previous, previous people that I've mentioned in many different episodes in the past, who, who say things, you know, love your show, uh, thank God you're there for me every Friday, uh, you help me relax at night, you, you, you have a lot of the same ideas I do, you straightened out my thought on whatever it is. I really enjoy your taste in music. I mean, all these different things. To tell me that you, the listener, do appreciate what I do. And I, and I, I want to let you know now that it is 105, and I think I, I said that who is listening thing, I think it was around 92, maybe 93, 91, 94, but you'll find it if you go back in the archives. And to know that I want to make a difference and I think I'm making a difference, to actually confirm the fact that I am making a difference because somebody like Emily Kay says so in an email 
or someone like uh, listener Candace T. I've mentioned Candace in so many different past episodes. Candace is probably the first fan of Changes in Latitudes, so no doubt I've mentioned her before. When people like the two of you give the compliments of, no, you're, 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 you're making a difference in my life. Thank you. Please continue. And in the case with Candace, Candace is a patron over on Patreon, uh, making a financial difference for myself and my life. Um, it, it means a lot, folks, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. And uh, I really want to say thank you, sincerely. Okay, this last listener feedback for this episode is from Danny W. Danny W. actually wrote me an email, but Danny W. has been a patron over on Patreon for oh, probably almost a month before, and wrote me and wrote me a wonderful, wonderful email. And uh, first, before I get to the email, Danny, thank you so very much for joining Patreon, of course, but also for listening and enjoying the show. It means so much to me. I want you to know that right up front. Now, your email says, Hi, Charlie Sabrina. I'm writing to you about a wonderful book I just read. It's called Redefining Realness by Janet Mock. It's about her transition and the lengths she went through to become whole. She's a wonderful writer and thought your audience would enjoy it. And your episode about grooming, after you wash your face with a good face soap, I like one with vitamin C. It's a great antioxidant. You should follow up with a toner which hazel works well and is very affordable. After it dries, apply your moisturizer. And for the record, I am a trans woman. My name is Danny, not Dan, which I did say in earlier in a couple earlier episodes, and that's only because her email comes through as Dan. She continues and says, I know it's in my email that confuses you. I've had it long before I transitioned, and I just haven't changed it. Anyway, love the new Unplugged. Would like to hear more about your volunteering at the theater. Hugs, Danny. So, again, I've apologized to you personally through email, but on the air here, Danny, I apologize for calling you Dan. And obviously you know exactly why I did it. So I'm sure you forgive me. And I want to let you know I am so sorry, though. I I am definitely sorry. Uh, and thank you for being a patron. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the grooming episode because the grooming episode is a very personal episode. You know, I go through my own personal grooming habits, which is not something that everybody does. I realized that when I was editing it, I went, should I be sharing this information? Yeah. For my audience. Yeah, of course. It's just about how a person bathes themselves. It's nothing crazy. We all do it. Everybody has a different process. I just happen to share mine in the easiest way with you folks. Um, as far as Janet Mock's book, uh, I, I don't know if you're... I, I know you just joined Patreon recently, so I don't know how long you've been listening to the show. But uh, if you go to... Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the episode. But the title is, I'm Not As Think As You Drunk I Am. And the reason I put that at that title is because that's about my dyslexia. And dyslexia makes it very challenging for me to read uh, books. Um, I can read scripts like theater scripts or screenplays or things like that. But when it comes to novels, or, uh, whether it be fantasy or fiction or reality or what have you, I have a bitch of a time staying on task and staying focused on the topic of the book or article or novel or whatever you want to, whatever it may be. So, so even though... I may want to learn about the subject. 
I mean, for example, I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, I wanted to learn about, um, well, a number of different people, but Groucho Marx was one of them. And I picked up one of the many autobiographies, or, or excuse me, biographies that were out there in the world. And even though I wanted to know the information in the book, it was such a hard thing to read and digest that it took me forever to get through. So a book like Janet Mock's or, or anyone's really, even Lee Harrington's Traversing Gender or Dara Hoffman's book that I'm drawing a blank on, these are previous guests of mine. Go check out their episodes in the archive. Even their books, it's hard for me to take the time and read because I get lost. And, and then I run out of time because I've got other things to do. But it is, it is a challenge. It is a hefty, hefty challenge for me to read a book. But I will most definitely pass on the fact that you think that people should read Janet Mock's book. So what I'm going to do for you folks is I'm going to put in the show notes a link to her book over on Amazon. So you can just go find the show notes. It'll take you right to Amazon. You buy the book. You're happy. Also, Danny, thank you. I'm so glad that you're enjoying Unplugged. Folks, if you, uh, I mean, I said it earlier in the show, uh, starting with episode 100, I started a mini podcast that is exclusively available on Patreon called Unplugged. And for you folks, just so you know what it's about, the minute I'm done recording this particular episode 105, once I save that file and then kind of stretch my legs, probably use the bathroom, refresh my beverage, depending on how things are going, <laughs> I will flip on the recorder again and I will sit down for oh, about 20, 30 minutes, maybe a little more, a little less, depending on how things go for the week. And I share a little more personal details about what's happening in my life with my exclusive wonderful patrons over on Patreon. So if you want to hear that show, go join Patreon for as little as $1 a month. It's more popular to spend a $5 a month, that way it's about a dollar a week. But whatever you can spend, I am grateful that for you to be there. So go check it out, patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. With every week, you get a brand new Unplugged. Wow. Here we are. End of the episode. I can't believe it. We made it. We made it. That's the closing show music, folks. Kind of similar to the opening show music, if you haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> oh, what a night. What a conversation. Rambled on a little bit. I think we covered a lot of good topics today. I hope you, I hope you think so as well. Next episode, I'm going to call Year One of Transgender Queer Fluid. <laughs> yeah, next week is kind of an anniversary for me one year coming out as gen gender queer gender fluid transgender queer transgender queer fluid transgender fluid you know so many different words and labels but that's what we're going to talk about next week i'm always looking for guests i'm always looking for topics send them to me seriously send them to me changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com or twitter you know, at cil podcast or facebook facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast Go there, message me, send it to me, whatever you want to hear about, let me know. As I said before, go to our website, changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com, go to the Amazon affiliate link and shop to your heart's delight, because pennies on the dollar come back to help out the show. Or join Patreon, 
patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast join in the fun and get exclusive content through the new minicast unplugged and now as jimmy buffett says if i couldn't laugh i just would go insane if we couldn't laugh we would go insane and if we weren't all crazy we would go insane so take care of yourself take care of somebody else and i'll see you next week Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, and always remember...